Today is Easter Sunday. It's a great day, isn't it? Just for us as Christians, a great day to celebrate um, Jesus, who he is, what he has done. Um, I don't know if you've ever been in a discussion with somebody, or maybe discussion is not a strong enough word. Uh, Maybe it's a a parent or a a teacher or even a spouse uh, or a friend where, where the other person tried to shut down, or maybe you even did this, you tried to shut down the conversation by saying, and that's my last word on the matter. It, that's like the, the nuclear option, isn't it, in a, in a conversation? It's like, I am done. Like, good luck trying to continue a discussion with somebody when they have used that phrase with you. It, it, it's like the, it's just your, your best way of shutting down the other person. Maybe for you it was, Mum, you know, I know you've said 8 p.m. is my bedtime, but can I stay up till 9 p.m. tonight? No, and that's my last word on the matter. Miss Jones, do I really have to stay behind for detention after school today? All I did was throw a pen at his head. No, you have to come to detention, and that's my last word on the matter. Or maybe even, honey, please can I spend just another paycheck on another set of golf clubs? No, and that is my last word on the matter. You know there is no comeback is there when somebody, you haven't got a hope of winning them over when they use that phrase with you. Now, I want to ask you a question. In life, what is the one ultimate inescapable reality that every single human will face one day? Technically, there might be two if you count taxes as well. But we're we're thinking about death, right? Death is the one inescapable, ultimate reality that every single one of us will face one day. It is inescapable. And I don't know about you. I don't know if you've noticed this before. I've, I've been struck over the past few weeks about how when you read through the gospel accounts, you read through the, the accounts of Jesus' life. We've, we've just done that, haven't we? Uh, together as a church, starting on January the 1st, we've just finished that. We're now into the book of Acts, just one chapter a day. Well done to all those who've managed to stick with that. One of the things that struck me was that Jesus seems to have a running battle with death. Like it, Death is never far away from Jesus. Think about it. As a baby... Herod is out to get him. Herod actually, you know, he has to escape for his life. Does, does Jesus, as a young child, his parents take him away to Egypt? In Matthew 4, you have, uh, you have the devil tempting Jesus. And one of the things he does is he suggests that Jesus throws himself off a high building. In John chapter 8, what you have is a, a crowd who pick up stones and they're about to try and kill Jesus for some of the things that he has said, but he somehow miraculously escapes. Jesus later gets caught up on a storm on a lake where it was so bad that everybody thought that they were going to die. They woke him up. Jesus was asleep through it, but they woke him up and said, Jesus, we're about to die. He was close to death again. And all of these acts, these occasions happen with a backdrop of the religious leaders of the day plotting and scheming to try and find a way to kill Jesus, which, which actually, when you stop and think about it, feels like a pretty extreme reaction to me, to somebody who you just don't agree with. It's like, we, we need to try and find a way to silence him, and the only way we can do that is to kill him. I wonder why Jesus has this running battle 
with death. I wonder why death was out to get him. Maybe, maybe it was because Jesus was more alive than anybody who had ever lived. We know that Jesus was perfect through and through, wasn't he? He'd never experienced the, the deadening effect of sin in his life that the rest of us have. He also made some claims, didn't he? He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Maybe Jesus has this kind of battle throughout his life with death because he was like the embodiment of life itself. He was more alive than anybody. He was and is life. So when death finally got him, as we have you know, read recently around the, the events of Good Friday, it, it looked like death had had the last word, like, the, like death tries to have with every single one of us. It looked like death had won. It's almost as if death was saying, ha, you, you're dead now, Jesus, and that's my last word on the matter. Argument closed. You were not who you said you might be. But we know the story doesn't end there, does it? I'm going to invite Pippa up, who's just going to read us through the resurrection account. This is from the Passion Translation. The words should be on the screen as well. Um, But Pippa's just going to read this through for us now. Good morning. This reading this morning is taken from Luke 24, verses 1 to 13. And it's taken from the Passion Translation. Okay. Very early that Sunday morning, the women made their way to the tomb, carrying the spices they had prepared. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Joanna, and Jesus' mother Mary. Arriving at the tomb, they discovered that the huge stone covering the entrance had been rolled aside. So they went in to look, but the tomb was empty. The body of Jesus was gone. They stood there, stunned and perplexed. Suddenly, two men appeared above them in dazzling white robes, shining like lightning. Terrified, the women fell to the ground on their faces. The men in white said to them, Why would you, why would you look for the living one in a tomb? He is not here, for he has risen. Have you forgotten what he said to you while he was still in Galilee? The destiny of the Son of Man is to be handed over to sinful men, to be nailed to a cross, and on the third day to rise again. All at once, they remembered his words. Leaving the tomb, they went to break the news to the eleven, and to all the others of what they had seen and heard. When the disciples heard the testimony of the women, it made no sense, and they were unable to believe what they had heard. But Peter jumped up and ran the entire distance to the tomb to see for himself. Stooping down, he looked inside and discovered it was empty. There was only the linen sheet lying there. Staggered by this, he walked away, wondering what it meant. That's great. Thank you so much, Pepe. 
Death had tried to have the last word here. And in fact, Jesus' followers, I mean, they'd been told. He had warned them. He told them, hadn't he? This is what's going to happen. I'm going to come back to life again. But even they thought, hang on a minute, like maybe, maybe we got this wrong. Maybe death has had the last word. The reality is that death had never come up against an opponent quite like Jesus. Death had always won up to this point, but then death came face to face with Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. We, we sang in that song, didn't we, about the, there was a battle in the grave. I'm going to imagine that maybe it was a conversation, actually, that went on a bit like this, an imaginary conversation between death and Jesus, where death says, hey, Jesus, I have finally got you. This is it. You're dead now. Jesus says, hang on a minute. Not so fast, death. And then death says, no, no, you are dead. That's it, mate. You are done once and for all. I have had the last word. And Jesus might have said, well, hold on a minute. Why do you even exist, death? Why are you even a thing? Death might respond, well, because people sin. People have done things wrong, and it was a consequence of, of disobeying God, of rebellion, that sin, I, at death, I became a thing and came into this world. Jesus might have said, well, have I sinned? Am, am I under your control in any way, shape, or form? Death, uh, no, <laughs> I guess not. And Jesus watch this. Boom. Or if you're into memes, mic drop, hold my beer, insert other memes above. (laughs) Jesus, who once claimed to be the resurrection and the life. They were other words of his, weren't they? I am the resurrection and the life. He ensures that death does not have the last words. Resurrection has the last words. He comes back to life, defeats death, and suddenly the the very foundations, the very fundamentals of life and death have been interrupted. The matrix has been broken. Death hasn't just lost its sting. It's, it's, It's been cruising along as death in fifth gear, and suddenly it's been slammed into reverse. This has changed everything now. The resurrection is the turning point in history, isn't it? Up to this point, death had ruled. And now, resurrection and power in Jesus has cut right across that. He has overthrown the power of death. And not just for himself, but once and for all. And it's not just about life and death now, where death used to have the last word and now resurrection does. Everything is going to be different. Let me just read from Romans 1, the Romans 5, sorry, verse 21. Uh, It says this, so just as sin ruled over all people and brought them to death, now God's wonderful grace rules instead, giving us right standing with God and resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. In this moment, in this turning of the tables, the great reversal where death is defeated and resurrection overcomes. Everything has changed. No longer does sin rule over all people, 
but God's wonderful grace rules instead. It's almost like there's been a change in government at this point in terms of life and death and everything. This isn't just one element of life that has changed. Everything has changed. God's wonderful grace now rules. So instead, I'm going to try something here. We tried this earlier and it worked. Okay, I'm going to hold this up. Let's see if this works. Okay, so now, instead of death having the last word, resurrection does. Instead of sin having the last word, grace does. Instead of sickness having the last word, health does. Instead of shame having the last word, freedom does. Instead of injustice having the last word, justice now reigns. Instead of despair reigning and having the last word, hope now reigns. Instead of anxiety having the last word, peace now has the last word. Instead of loneliness now having the last word, family has the last word. We could go on and on forever with that, couldn't we? Everything has changed now that resurrection has conquered death. I want you to think about what are the things in your life? What are the things that try and have the last word in your life? And then ultimately, what does resurrection do to that thing? What, what trumps that thing. I actually want to invite you, if you're at home or, in your in, or you're in the room, you should have a piece of cardboard under your chair if you are in the room uh, this morning. It was only handled by people with gloves on if you're worried about germs in any way. You also should have a pen, um, hopefully, with that piece of cardboard. What I'm going to ask, invite you to do, I've kind of done it here, look, you can see. So in my life, what I'm finding these days uh, is that self-condemnation tries to have the last word, just that inner voice condemning me. That's trying to have the last word in my life these days. But instead, what I'm finding is that grace actually has the last word. In Christ, when I stop and I think about it and I come to God, grace has the last word. I would love you to think about what you're going to write on your piece of cardboard. On one, I think there's a little slide just with the words, Bridget, um, at this point that you could put up under me, that just kind of gives you a little guide to write. What I would love you to do is write something here. What is trying to have the last word in your life at the moment? And then write it there with doesn't have the last word. And then on the other side, change that word for something else. Maybe for some of you it is, you know, it, it, it's, it's sickness or it's condemnation or it's injustice or it's despair or it's anxiety or it's loneliness. I, I don't know what it is. What is it that's trying to have the last word? What element of that old realm of, of the, the, where sin reigns, of that world, what's trying to have the last word in your life these days? And then in Christ, in his resurrection power, what, what is really going to have the last word? It might not happen now. It might be the other side of of death. It might be eternity that this becomes a thing. But what one day is actually going to have the last word? 
in your life. Parents, you might want to just help your kids with this. appreciate it's a bit of a concept for them to get their head around. But what are some of the bad things in life that are just trying to get you down at the moment? And then what are some of the things that are going to win out eventually in Christ? I'd actually love to hear uh, some of these things that you've been writing or to see them even on the screen. Um, So I might even, um, I don't know if we'll unmute people at home, but I'd love you to hold it up to the screen and, uh, and I'm going to read some of these out. I've got you all on a screen down here. We'll get some people in the room to hold them up as well in a moment. And uh, I'm going to read some of these out. It's good to celebrate these things, isn't it? Resurrection has had the last word. And one day, resurrection will have the last word. Death thought it had won. Death thought it had had the last laugh but it hasn't. Okay, so if you've done that, I would love you, the first, first off, just like hold up the, the first one. What is trying to have the last word, okay? You hold it up so I can, this is going to test my eyesight, isn't it? <laughs> Might need an eye test soon. Okay, I'm going to go for some ones in the room first. Okay, so we've got uncertainty, fear, regret, uh, fault, fear, my eyes are jealousy, fear, feeling inadequate, failure, pride, loss, anxiety, fear, regret. That's definitely too small for me. <laughs> Sorry, Ali. <laughs> Let me read some online. Anxiety about the future, sickness, sadness, loneliness, distraction, old age, condemnation. Yeah, these things all shout loudly, don't they? (laughs) They shout and say, I am going to have the last word in your life. But ultimately, we believe in a Jesus who can change everything. Why don't you turn the bits of paper or cardboard over? I'm going to read out some of these. Okay. Hope, assurance, peace, grace and peace, the love of Jesus, forgiveness, No judgment, hope, joy and peace, wholeness, success, peace, praise for Jesus, restoration, hope, freedom. Jesus holds my future. He has the last word. Let's come to some of these online as well. We've got peace, got focus has the last word. Love has the last word. Faith has the last word. Health has the the last word. Jesus' love has the last word. Peace has the last word. That's great, isn't it? That's great to to celebrate these things. Thank you, everybody. Now, some on YouTube as well just come in. I've seen uh, misery try to have the last word, but ultimately joy will have the last word. These things are all true, aren't they? And they're all wrapped up in Jesus. And in that moment where he conquered death, where resurrection had the last word, we can build our hope for the future and our foundation on these things that we know will come to pass one day. Uh, Musicians, why don't you come on back up and get ready? I think I'm handing over to them. Great. So I'm just going to pray for us and then we're going to celebrate. 
And Jesus, we thank you that there was only ever going to be one winner in that battle in the grave. Death could not hold you. The grave could not keep you from rising again. It had no power over you, Jesus. It didn't apply to you because you were perfect. You were the resurrection and the life. You're the way, the truth, and the life. Then Jesus, we have been marred by sin, and death has tried to have the last word. But ultimately, in Christ, we trust and we know confidently that one day, resurrection will have the last word for each and every one of us too. And we thank you, Jesus, that in you, where these other things try and have the last word, anxiety, fear, distraction, despair, where they try and have the last word, we thank you that you, Jesus, in resurrection power, you come and you speak new life and new words. You were the word in the beginning and you've not stopped speaking since. Speaking new life and truth over each one of us. Speaking a new hope and a future over every single one of us. Making us a new creation in you, Jesus. We thank you that we can come to you as we are. We can repent of our sin. We can receive your life that was paid as a ransom for ours. And then we can live free from the sinful nature. We can live in a new reality where instead of sin reigning over us and death having the last word, God's wonderful grace has the last word, and it now reigns in our lives. Help us, God, by your Spirit, with the power, the same power that rose Christ from the dead, living in us now today, in our hearts, in our minds, in our bodies. Help us to live in our new identity in you. Help us to trust in your words. That where these other words shout loudly, your calm, confident, strong voice that brought the world into reality is speaking words of hope and truth over each one of us today. We thank you, God. We thank you, Jesus. We worship you today. Amen.